on guys welcome back to inside the dome thank you to aiden as always for the intro i'm carlin jacob i'm joined today with john dadero john how are you doing not too bad not too bad at all very excited for this episode how you been carlin i've been pretty well honestly um it's been a good couple days i got a good rest of the week coming up you got a good rest of the week coming up got a three-day weekend so but Today was a big day in the NFL world today. Today was roster day where every team in the league had to cut down from, I think it was 73 guys to 53, if I'm correct. I don't know, but whatever. Every team had to cut down to 53 guys today. And there were huge news throughout the whole day with players being cut, players being traded, players setting out, players still holding out. And then there was a couple other things that happened before this deadline that we'll talk about. And yeah, we'll just have a quick episode talking about everything that happens and what you need to know before the NFL season starts almost a week from today when we post this. It will be like seven days. It will be eight days. So yeah, it's it's crazy. So John, let's get this thing started. How about you say we start it with off with physically unable to perform list of players. So the first thing we will talk about is the players that are on the physically unable to perform list. So there's a decent amount of players. There's some top names on here. And the first name on here, and this is probably the bit, some of the biggest news to talk about right now, is Jonathan Taylor. He was left on the physically unable to perform list. And therefore, he will have to miss out the first four games of the season. And the bigger news is that he didn't get traded. He requested a trade. The Colts accepted that, and they allowed him to seek a trade. But the Colts were unable to get a trade with Taylor. So Taylor was still left on the physically unable to perform list, which makes him ineligible for the first four weeks. And I know a lot of fantasy People are upset if they have Jonathan Taylor because he's useless for the first four weeks and maybe even beyond. But honestly, I feel bad for him. I'm not going to lie. He wants out. I do think his best interest would just be to stay on the Colts for now. But he can't even play the first four weeks. I don't even know if he's going to play this season. Do you, Carlin, think that he's going to play this season with the Colts or anyone else? I don't. I think he'll. Uh, he's obviously on the pup list. Um, he'll probably honestly stay on it for a little longer, and then at that rate, he'll probably just hold out and just either try to get traded again or um, he just will hold out. So I don't blame him at all. Uh, the Colts aren't doing that well, um, and who knows? Unless the Colts have a really really good season this year, which I highly doubt it. He might want to stay, but other than that, I expect him to get out, and I don't expect him really to play at all this year. Um, and that's why it's a very big risk if you draft to Jonathan Taylor because you might have just lost a huge key to someone, and he's like a second-round pick. So, well, he didn't draft yet. So, the next player that is on the physically unable to perform list is Kyler Murray. Now, the thing with Murray is honestly – he might not even play this season. That's been the one rumor. He tore his ACL last season, and I don't think he's close to returning yet. I don't think he's been involved much at all. And I know we're going to be talking about the quarterback situation with the Cardinals later, but Kyler Murray will miss at least the first four weeks, probably more. And honestly, his future in Arizona is very up in the air right now because the Right now, people think the Cardinals are going to be the worst team in the NFL. And with that, they get the first overall pick. So, right? And a lot of people are thinking Caleb Williams is the top quarterback prospect for this upcoming draft. So, if the Cardinals have the first overall pick, they could go for 
Caleb Williams potentially. So I'll ask you this, Carlin. If the Cardinals have the first overall pick in the draft, do they stick with Murray as their franchise guy? A guy who just recently they signed to a massive, a massive contract extension. Do they keep Kyler Murray or do they try to trade him and go for Caleb Williams? I have no idea, honestly. I mean, if Kyler doesn't play at all this season, I'm not going to say he's going to consider retirement, but he hasn't played ball in what will be almost two years. So it's going to be way harder for him to come back and go out and sling, especially with a horrible team. If I was Arizona, I know it's a big risk, but you could trade for, you could get Caleb Williams, or what I could see more likely happening is um, them trading out of the number one overall pick and getting a bunch of picks because I'm sure there's going to be teams at the end of the season who is going to need a quarterback. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, But, yeah, honestly, it's all up in the air with Murray. Like I said, I really don't expect him to play a single game this season unless he gets healthy. And, yeah, the Cardinals are going to be so bad this year. So, Yeah, and I think the one thing, too, we can compare this with is – the Bears this past season, they had the number one overall pick and they ended up trading it because they had Justin Fields already. So they could, if they still like Kyler Murray after the end of the season, they could keep him and trade the pick and stack up even more, which I think is reasonable because it's just hard to restart the quarterback process again after they just drafted Murray. So that would be tough. But moving on to the next player, is Von Miller, who is on the physically unable to perform list. And he's someone that you and I have been talking about in previous episodes when we've been talking about the Bills. And we said like a lot of their success on defense will come down to if Von Miller is playing. And now we know he will not play the first four weeks. So I'll ask you, do you think that this Bills team, at least for the four at least for the first four weeks, do you think they're not going to be as good because they don't have Von Miller. Miller didn't, once Miller got injured last year, he didn't play any other games, correct? I don't know. I don't think he did. It it depends. Um, I don't know. They were half decent last year. Uh, Bengals exposed them really badly uh, back in the AFC Divisional game. I mean, he's a huge part to that defense, but... I don't know. It, it all depends with him. Um, he's getting up there in age. Uh, he won MVP back in the Super Bowl in 2015, which is almost eight years ago, which is insane. I think he got drafted 2012, 2013. I can't remember when he got drafted. Um, I think it was yeah. 2013. Yeah, the, Bill, the Bills have an interesting position there uh, with Miller. Hopefully he comes back after four uh, weeks because I know he's dying to play. but. Yeah, if not, he's they're gonna he's gonna be a huge part on defense missing. However, when he went down last year, it didn't really seem like it mattered that much. But hey, every year is apparently the Bills' years along with the Cowboys. So we'll see what happens. And I mean, he if they do make a run, he would be a huge, huge impact on that. But if he's not playing, it's it's gonna be a whole different story. Yeah, definitely. So the last two players that we will say that are on the physically unable to perform list, there were more besides these two players, but I think these are the two most noticeable ones. Uh, L. Collins from the Cincinnati Bengals. He is their starting right tackle, I believe. Actually, I don't know if he's their starting one. He was last season. They got him from Dallas, so they won't have him for the first four weeks. I'm not sure if he was in the starting position or not, but... That's a loss. And then Eric Stokes of the Green Bay Packers. He was a rookie first-round cornerback, I believe, two years ago. So, you Packers fans, you might know him better than I do. But he is out for the first four weeks. So, that will do it for players that are on the PUP list. So, now we will move on to roster cuts. Now, like we said at the beginning time we're recording this the all the teams released their 53-man rosters so we are going to go through the most notable names that were cut or released so if we don't pick up some specific guys from your favorite team we apologize but these are the biggest names that we found so 
the first thing we have here, and I honestly wish Jordan was on this episode so you could talk about this, but the Patriots quarterbacks I put down. So they had Bailey Zappi, who they waived. So he's no longer on the team for now. And Malik Cunningham, who impressed, he's a quarterback and wide receiver. They got rid of both of them. And then I guess Trace McSorley was also gone. I thought they had him at one point. So right now, the time we're recording this, on the depth chart for the Patriots, the only quarterback is Mac Jones right now. So I don't know if they're going to sign a veteran. I don't know if they're going to bring back Zappi or something. And Zappi, you remember last season, he was... He started like two games and people were liking him. People wanted him over Mac Jones and now he's not even on the team. So it's very interesting with him. But any thoughts from you, Carlin, on the Patriots situation right now, what they're doing? Um, If you're a average NFL fan and you see this and you're like, oh, the Patriots are going to have an issue. Don't don't think that. They got Bill Belichick as the GM. They got him as the head coach. He has a plan with this. Um, obviously, they know. Um, I'm sure they're going to sign people. There were quarterbacks that were going to go through this list a little bit that were also cut that they could sign. Um, but, yeah, everyone else in that roster just didn't look too hot, so they cut them. Uh, very interesting. I'm assuming within two or three days they'll have more than one quarterback. Because if not, they're going to have an issue. But also, I was kind of thinking this. Um, maybe Kyler might want out next year. You know, if like Cardinals are looking like, hey, maybe we, we want to keep it. He might want out. But he he was paid big. He could go somewhere to like the Patriots. Just saying. Don't need a quarterback. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that. I mean, that is an option for the Cardinals. You can either one, build around Murray or two, trade him and get assets for him. So that's definitely a possibility. Yeah. But his his contracts are so high. That's the issue. So it is, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, I don't know why they, he's overpaid in my opinion, but moving on, we're going to do a little speed run of the roster cuts. Just some names, uh, chosen Anderson from the dolphins. I know many of you remember him as Robbie Anderson. He was, I think the last time he was relevant, he was with the Carolina Panthers. He was actually their second-best receiver back then. Then ever since he wanted out of Carolina, he went to the Cardinals. It went nowhere. Now he, I guess, was with the Dolphins, and it went nowhere. So that's a definition of a fall-off, I'm not going to lie. So I feel for him. Max Duggan from the Chargers. You college football fans would know him. Carlin, do you want to say anything about Max Duggan? It's interesting because he was just drafted this year. Um, I don't think – was he drafted or was he undrafted? I can't remember. He was either lately drafted or undrafted. I can't confirm. Yeah, and I mean him getting cut from the Chargers, I mean they have Justin Herbert. I can't think of who their other backups are. But honestly, I could see Bill Belichick going to get Max Duggan. Yeah, he wouldn't be a backup though, but he'd be a third stringer maybe. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying because I, we don't. I don't think Mac Jones is going to work out. So really, <laughs> yeah, I think Max Duggan will go somewhere. Um, we'll see. And then the one underneath it, Will Gri- Greer. Yeah, is Will Greer. Greer. Real Greer got cut from the Cowboys, um, which a lot of people didn't see coming until a certain someone from San Francisco got traded there. But we're going to hold out on that because that's interesting. Um. But yeah, he got cut, and Dak said he played really good, and don't forget what he did. So I expect him to get signed, too, if people are listening um, across the league to what Dak had to say. So very two interesting players getting cut. Um, yeah, um, real quick, I want to cut in there because Will Greer is actually a WVU quarterback. So I personally am supporting him. And the Cowboys in the last preseason game, they kind of let him play the whole entire game as an audition in a way. So, Will Greer, I personally support you. But moving on on the list, we got James Robinson. And he is somebody who I'd say two years ago this would be surprising because 
James Robinson about two or three years ago. He was undrafted and on the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he was a very good running back his first two years. And he, I had him in fantasy. I loved him. He was just great. But then he tore his Achilles, and I just don't think he's been the same. Because even his first year back when he was with ETN, he wasn't bad. But he was traded to the Jets. He never had a role there. He signed with the Patriots, and they cut him. Then he just went to the Giants, and they cut him too. So sad fall-off for James Robinson. And then Melvin Gordon got cut from the Ravens. Most people would remember him recently with the Broncos when he was splitting carries with Javante Williams, but he fumbled a lot, so he was cut there. He was with the Chiefs, and he ended up getting a Super Bowl ring with them without even playing. But he was just cut from the Ravens, so Gordon and James Robinson are two guys that essentially have fallen off. But sad to see, honestly. Then you got Zonovan Knight, another running back with the Jets. Honestly, he, he was starting with the Jets last season. He's he's in his second year currently. He was very good, I'm not going to lie, but the Jets already have Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall. We'll talk about Cook later. They have Michael Carter and uh, Israel Abaniconda. That is his name. He is from Pitt, and I love him. But there wasn't room for Zonvin Knight, so he'll find a team quickly. Uh, Jalen Smith... With the Saints, a linebacker, he actually is very good. He's another guy, kind of like Melvin Gordon, who's just fallen off completely with injuries and all that. That just takes a toll on you. P.J. Walker, I want to ask you about him because do you remember him with the Panthers very well? I do. He had that one incredible throw at the end of the season that was to D.J. Moore, and D.J. Moore screwed it up and ran into the end zone and chucked the ball and took off his helmet, getting them a penalty, costing them the game. Uh, yeah, but he played a little bit in Carolina. I didn't think he was great, but I don't think he was horrible. Um, he got cut. Where did he get caught? He got cut from the Bears. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. He was traded to the Bears, actually. What Was he traded? Okay. Yeah, he was part of that trade, I'm pretty sure. Um, actually, Bears. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was. I don't know. Um, let me do research. Oh, uh, that's Bears. Uh, Baker Mayfield. We don't want Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Here, while um, you do that, I'll talk briefly about him while you look him up. Um, yeah, he was an XFL quarterback, PJ Walker, and he got his opportunity with the Panthers. He started multiple games, and like Carlin said, he easily had the best throw of the entire last season to DJ Moore. It was an insane throw. It was like a 60-yard bomb to well, the end zone. Not to cut you off, too, but also... um. He won games. He did. He won games. I don't think people understand how hard that is in the NFL to win a football game. So, yeah, I I can't remember the trade. Um, it's okay. We don't have to go through it too much. See, but, but now now I'm curious. I'm, I'm gonna keep doing research. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, while you do that, I'll go through. I'll skim through some of the other guys. Uh, Colt McCoy, another quarterback, was cut from the Cardinals. And this is actually more interesting because later in the episode, we are going to talk about the Cardinals quarterback situation beyond Kyler Murray. So Colt McCoy, he's been Kyler Murray's backup for the past season or two. I actually watched him on Hard Knocks last year, so I got some insight on him. But he's gone. Miles Gaskin with the Dolphins. Dolphins kind of a, he's a running back for the Dolphins. They kind of have a crowded room right now. Miles Gaskin was starting with them at one point. Not last season, but two seasons ago, he was a starter. But ever since they got Raheem Moster, Jeff Wilson, he just hasn't had a role. They have Salvin Ahmed. They drafted a guy, too. So Gaskin just didn't have a role anymore. He could find a team or be on a practice squad. Ben DiNucci with the Cowboys. I know a lot of people remember him. He's, he's He's actually... I can't confirm this. I don't know if he was just cut from the Cowboys or not. I might have put the wrong team. He might have been with the Broncos. I might have put the wrong team. I think team it there. was the Broncos. I was yeah. going to fix that for you, but it was the Broncos. Yeah, I think it, I think it was the Broncos. So he was cut. Cade York, this is an interesting one because 
Cade York was the kicker for the Browns last season. They drafted him at number four. No, not number four. The fourth round, they drafted Cade York, the kicker. The Browns fans were comparing him to Evan McPherson of the Bengals, and he was just inconsistent. I'm shocked they really pulled the plug on him this early, especially for being a fourth-round pick. But they drafted, hit, not drafted, they traded for his replacement. We'll get to that later in the trade uh, section. Not to cut you off real quick, but do you know why they cut Cade York? I don't know if you brought into this. Last season, he missed two field goals or something. And then this preseason alone, he missed a lot, like a lot, a lot. So that's why he got the axe. Um, yeah, he did. Wow. He did not look good at all, and he missed. I think he missed key field goals. I'm pretty sure. I mean, every field goal is a key field goal. But you get my point. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, that's why. Because I remember I saw on the news, like our local news, um, that they cut him. It was a very interesting thing that they cut him. I agree. But I mean, being a kicker is hard in the NFL. A lot of people don't talk about how hard it is, but it is very hard. So. Yeah, he wasn't the best, so I'm not surprised he got cut. A lot of these a lot of these kickers from college get cut. Um, which makes sense, but I'm saying like do you remember the guy from Georgia with the glasses? Was it Georgia? Yeah, Reed Blankenship. Yep. He doesn't play in the NFL anymore, I'm pretty sure. He's being thrown around. Yeah, and then obviously the only kicker we all know is uh Tucker. Unless you your own kicker, obviously, but Tucker's the main one. Yeah. So, uh, one of those, yeah. One thing too with kickers, I mean, <laughs> we the Steelers could have easily given up on Chris Boswell a couple of year, a couple of years ago, and we didn't. The Steelers didn't, and now look at him; he's one of the best kickers in the league. So I mean, some kickers can have a down year. It's that simple. But in the NFL, I mean, it's very easy. It's very easy just to get a new kicker whether it's through the draft or a free agent kicker. So, it's first like, business. I was skimming through the last two guys on the list. One of them wasn't even cut, but this is a funny one. I added him right before we started this episode. Josh Peterson. Now, the only reason why I'm putting him here is because he plays for the Jaguars, and he is the son of head coach Doug Peterson of the Jaguars. So, his own father had to cut him. So, I'd hate to be a family dinner there tonight. Oh, yeah. Man, I feel bad. I feel really bad. The only other one we got listed is Corey Davis. Corey Davis announced retirement, surprisingly. Um, I think he had a lot of injuries, and which didn't help him out. Um, I'm surprised he didn't try to give it one more year, though, because obviously you have Rodgers and everyone saying, oh, the Jets, the Jets, the Jets, the J-E-T-S, the Jets. Uh, but yeah, he retired, and that was mainly all the key things that happened with the cuts and stuff, and then obviously retirement. Um, but yeah, so the next topic we will discuss are some players that did not sign an extension or did not get a new deal yet on the time we are recording this. So the first guy, and I, I'll let you talk about him as well, but Chris Jones of the Chiefs. This is a very complicated matter because Chris Jones is easily the Chiefs' best defensive player on that team. I mean, you could prove the point that the Chiefs would not have won their Super Bowl without Chris Jones. I mean, especially in that Bengals game, he was key in that. But, I mean, he is a big piece in that Chiefs' defense. And without him, honestly... I might view the Chiefs a little bit differently. So, I mean, we when we did a ranking episode, we had the Chiefs at like two or so. And without Chris Jones, I mean, it's the same thing with the Bills without Von Miller. Without their key players on defense, I don't know. I'm If they don't have Chris Jones this season or even at the start of the season, I might lower the Chiefs in my ranking. I might. That's how much of a deal I think this is. So I'll just ask you, Carlin, with the Chiefs losing their best defensive player, maybe just for the start of the season, does that change your view on the Chiefs? No. No? It doesn't. I mean, their defense has always been eh. It's not the greatest, but it's not the worst in the league. Um, 
obviously he's a key part, but I mean, you've we've all seen the clip of Patrick Mahomes down 13 seconds, one timeout on his own like 30, 25 yard line and moving the ball down, calling timeout, kicking that uh, field goal to go into overtime against the Bills in 2021. But um, yeah, I wouldn't put anything against it. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it'd be a very good key to get him back. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, the Chiefs. The Chiefs really don't need anyone as long as they have Patrick Mahomes, which I hate to say. So we'll see what happens. But if he's not there, it could be a huge detrimental to their defense, where other teams can outscore the Chiefs, and then it's not going to be Mahomes is down five touchdowns with two minutes left. You know, well, it would be like down a touchdown. You you get my point. It's yeah. gonna be hard. It's gonna be more of a dog fight for the offenses than the defense, if that's the case. Alrighty, so the last guy I was able to find is, I don't think he's holding out. It's not the same situation as Chris Jones, but Christian Wilkins of the Dolphins, he's on the D-line, and they. this is from Adam Schefter. He has not come to a new deal. Some teams were looking to be a trade partner for him, but the Dolphins are declining all that, so... He's just in a situation, maybe kind of like the running backs we're going to talk about soon, but he just hasn't signed yet. So Dolphins fans, be on the watch for the Christian Wilkins news. He was a first-round pick too, so not too long ago. So the next topic we will do. Whoa, 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 whoa. So sorry to cut you off. I knew you were on a hot streak. Nick Bosa still has yet to sign. Nick Bosa has yet to sign with the Niners. Oh, He's crap. still out. He didn't <laughs> say that. Oh, my. He did not say that. Oh, my. How did we miss that? Okay. Uh, but he's, getting, on the list. he's getting fined a lot of money every day for missing, and so are the Niners. However, if he signs before the season starts, I think all the money gets waived. So he won't have to pay a single thing. But the Niners are holding out on him, which, I mean, why? Because – you have an electric defense, especially with Nick Bosa. Quarterbacks are scary. I mean, it'd be great if he doesn't play week one against the Steelers. I'm, like, all for it. I'm all for it. He doesn't have to play a single stab against the Steelers. I'm I'm all for it. Um, But, yeah, he he hasn't signed yet. Uh, like I said, both team, both him and the Niners are losing a lot of money. However, it's if he signs within the season, uh, he will get waived, which I'm assuming it will be. Um. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, he is a huge key part to that defense. And, uh, yeah, any thoughts, John? I think, now I'm thinking about it more, I think the reason I probably didn't think of him initially is when I, I've known of the Nick Bosa news. I knew I know he hasn't signed yet. They've been holding him out. I've really just compared it a bit to the T.J. Watt situation when it was his contract situation. And Watt held out initially, but then he got his deal. So that's why... I haven't fully thought about this, and honestly, at this point, I should be. Because I've thought, like, oh, Nick Bosa will get his deal by the end of preseason. But on the time we're recording this, he is yet to. So, honestly, it is interesting. I mean, without Bosa, if he doesn't play against the Steelers week one, that is a big deal, in my opinion. So, if he doesn't sign, that's huge. But he's probably going to be the highest paid player in his position, I would say. And he hasn't showed up to practice. We will see. That is, that's big. So, yeah. Anyways, now, now we can move on. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So the next topic, signings during preseason. So we primarily just did top running backs that we found lately. And they're the four big names at running back. The first one was Zeke Elliott, who longtime cowboy, who was elite. Years ago, I'd say like two years ago, he was still elite. But he is now the compliment to Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots. This is another instance where I wish Jordan was here to talk about this, but I'll do my best. Uh, I like to do it, honestly. I think Zeke is still a good back to have in pass protection, and also he's one of the best goal line backs, so... That's a good signing in general. It's a good RB2 for Mondre Stevenson, but I like it. The next guy, I'll let you give your thoughts on him. Dalvin Cook, 
with the New York Jets. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, Dalvin Cook's in the Jets. Uh, he's wearing number 33 again after last season. Going to four. Um, the Jets are interesting because they have Brees Hall as a running back, correct? Yeah. Is Dalvin Cook listed as number one? I am not sure. I would think that they would split evenly. That yeah. is my... I, I would think, think too. Um, the one-two punch. Um, but anyways, Brees Hall is still young. I think he's going in his sophomore year. I'm pretty sure in the NFL. Um. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So obviously, I don't know how many years Dalvin Cook's going to have left with him, but to give him advice to a young rookie, it will help out the G E T S. That's a G. J E T S fans out a lot in the organization to give him some pointers and stuff. And if the Jets do make a Super Bowl run this year, he will be a huge part of it because they keep getting players and players. And it kind of reminds me of the 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which kind of scares me. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and then the next guy, uh, Sanquan Barkley, moving literally across facilities in New Jersey. Uh, he signed with the Giants. I think it's a one-year 10 mil uh, instead of franchise tagging him. Was yeah, yeah. yeah uh, right. If you want to give your quick thoughts, because he's an elite running back from the greatest college in Pennsylvania, Penn State. So, oh uh, yeah, Penn State. Uh, I will be at the first Penn State game of the year too against WVU. So it's a tough one in terms of rooting for a team. But anyway, uh, Saquon Barkley, I love him. He's I for I'm gonna go real quick to my running back rankings and see where I put him as well as the next guy. So I'd Saquon Barkley as my number four running back in the league. So I really like him. I think this is bound to happen. I wouldn't see Saquon Barkley holding out. I don't think it's best for him. And same with the next guy too, Josh Jacobs. That's the other guy on our list. I'll just talk about both of them a bit since they're both in similar situations. But Saquon, he's very talented. He'll be the bell cow again for the Giants, especially because they don't like James Robinson at all. But Saquon will continue to shine. It sucks with the running back market with how low it is right now. So Saquon and Josh Jacobs had to settle for what they could get. Josh Jacobs, I had him listed as the sixth best running back in football on my list. I also had Dalvin Cook listed as seven. So that's I feel like Dalvin Cook should be have more of a role than Brees Hall, especially because Brees Hall is coming off of an ACL injury. But I digress. So those three running backs in particular are all very good. And I think Josh Jacobs, he led the league in rushing last season. He could easily do it again since I don't know how much I would trust Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball all the time. So I think they will still lean on Josh Jacobs. But... In terms for them raising the market, I just don't know if that can happen, especially after next season, because Dalvin Cook's also on a one-year deal, I believe. So is Zeke, to my knowledge, are all on one-year deals. So we'll see what ha next offseason will be pretty interesting. But any final thoughts on those running backs from you, Carlin? Nope. All righty. So the next topic that we got, and this one, I know this first part of it, we can talk about for a while, so we'll try to keep it a bit shorter. But QB battle winners. So there weren't many quarterback battles around the NFL. We pointed out four that we thought of as legitimate enough. So the first one, though, this really wasn't a battle for the starting quarterback job, more for the backup, but we have thoughts on them. So I'll give my thoughts first, and then you can give your thoughts after that. And that is the 49ers quarterback room, or at least what it was. So it was Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, and Trey Lance. As you all know, Trey Lance was selected third overall just three years ago, I believe. The 49ers traded three first-round picks to get him and after three years now this is his third season they've given up on him they've completely given up they gave up on trying to develop him after one little stint with Brock Purdy they decided that 
he was their guy. He was QB1 without the bait. You had your franchise quarterback, Trey Lance, who really did nothing to lose the starting job. He got injured. He Going into his second year, Trey Lance was given the QB job. And performance-wise, he did nothing to lose it, in my opinion. His first game was in a month soon. And then the second game, he got a season-ending injury because Kyle Shanahan also changes the playbook for Trey Lance. So he has Trey run up the middle and run like a Lamar Jackson every play. So then you got Brett Purdy doing this very simple playbook. So I hate Kyle Shanahan now. I think if Brock Purdy struggles this year or if the Niners struggle at QB, he should be fired because he really failed Trey Lance. In my opinion, you should have still been developing him. I know the argument against it though is that the Niners are in a win-now situation, so you could say they don't have time to develop a quarterback. But then my question is, why would you even draft him? Like, why would you draft a project quarterback like Trey Lance? Like, you could have settled for Mac Jones if you wanted to, or Justin Fields, but you chose Trey Lance, and you gave up on him after two full years. So... I hate Kyle Shanahan for that. I want my Steelers to destroy the 49ers week one. But, I mean, how could Sam Darnold be better than him? I don't know. I watched two preseason games. I know Trey didn't look as good his first game, but he looked much better his second game. But then again, Shanahan threw him against a bunch of third stringers. But I, I hate what they did down there. I hope Trey succeeds. We'll talk about where he went later when we talk about trades, but I think they butchered it completely. And if Brock Purdy is not good, then the Niners made a big mistake. So what did you think about this whole situation, Carlin? Yeah, um, they're a very interesting. We're going to talk more about uh, Trey Lance getting traded to the Cowboys. Um, but yeah, uh, let's talk about what the quarterbacks they do have with Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold. Um, I mean, it makes sense. Sam Darnold's not great, but he's a good backup in case they need him. And then obviously Brock Purdy, he's very unproven, kind of like Trey Lance. Um, he's kind of a project quarterback, but also he's more of a system quarterback, it seems like. So he just went in and bowled last year. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But I'll give my more thoughts once we get down to the trade because there's quite a few things I have to think about. This. So moving on, Buccaneers announced uh, Baker Mayfield over Kyle Trask, which I don't think anyone else expected anything less. Uh, Baker, honestly, as much as people don't like Baker, Baker brings like such a huge energy to teams, which is what teams needed, which kind of why the Browns drafted him and had hyped, and that's why they want, started winning games. He took it on the playoffs one year. Will he take the Buccaneers to the playoffs? Probably not. Will he stink in Tampa Bay? Probably. But, hey, he has a starting job in Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay could be one of those teams who's looking for a quarterback next year with Caleb Williams ran all over it. Um, do you have any thoughts or on uh, for the Buccaneers? Uh, Baker Mayfield winning was expected. I did mention Caleb Williams that could easily be a possibility after the season if the Buccaneers don't do well. Uh, Kyle Trask is interesting because he was a second round pick a couple years ago, back when Tom Brady was still in the team. So. Kyle Trask is, I mean, second-round quarterback. You've seen guys become franchise starters. Being a second-round quarterback, look at Jalen Hurts, for example, especially later in the second round. But Trask, I mean, it is sad that he hasn't gotten the starting job. This would have been his best shot. But Baker came in to win the job. He did. He didn't look bad at all in preseason, too, even against the Steelers when he played. So... This was expected. How he does in the regular season, I don't know. I think he'll do decent enough, but it's nothing special. He might be able to get Godwin and Evans to produce a bit, but I don't know. It's not a great situation. Caleb Williams could easily, or even Drake May, that's the next quarterback available after Caleb Williams. So one of those quarterbacks could be on the radar for Buccaneers. So those are my thoughts. So then... Moving on to the Colts, that's the next team that we picked for QB battles. Honestly, these last two teams, QB battles aren't really that severe in a way. They were more expected. Uh, not to cut you off. So sorry, yeah. I think your screen and my screen are updating at completely two different times. So we have the Colts and the Cardinals listed. 
Colts obviously went with Anthony Richardson. But also I mentioned the Panthers and the Texans. I don't think you can oh, see yeah. that. Um, but they're all rookie quarterbacks who won their battles. Um, True. Out of yeah. all of them, I can't think who the Colts' backup is. Uh, probably the Colts is the most surprising out of all of them just because of um, who they draft, Anthony Richardson. Um, yeah, Panthers don't really have a quarterback. Neither does um, the Texans, but they have Davis Mills. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the reason why I kept them off the list was because the Panthers, I think Bryce Young winning the job was expected and CJ Stroud winning the job was expected as well from the Texans. But the Colts, people thought like, oh, Anthony Richardson, he'll sit a year behind Gardner Minshew and then he'll start next season. But they're going the opposite route, right? They are going to have him start the season and potentially the whole season at this point. So that's why I put Anthony Richardson down here in the Colts because, I mean, Gardner Minshew's back when he was with the Jaguars, he proven he could start decently. Then he had his up and ups and downs with the Eagles. But they are letting Richardson start. He is the definition of a project quarterback. So they are going to let him have the full brunt of it year one he's a good runner but i don't know about his passing he's got a great arm but just his accuracy i don't know how it's gonna go but the last battle and this is not really a resolved battle too and we hinted at this earlier in the episode and that is the cardinals quarterback room now kyler murray if he gets healthy at any point this season he would be the starter but colt mccoy who was the backup is no longer on the team, and we'll probably mention his name in the trades later, but the Colonels got Josh Dobbs from the Browns. So it's essentially right now between Josh Dobbs and Clayton Toon, who I believe is a rookie they drafted. So it's not ideal at all. It's, I mean, the Cardinals team is destined to just not be good this season, especially if Josh Dobbs or Clayton Toon is your quarterback. Sorry, Josh Dobbs. I know he's from the Steelers, but sorry. It's been a while. But it's not ideal. Josh Dobbs, clean tune. It's still an ongoing battle, I guess. I'd expect Dobbs to maybe get the start off of experience. Maybe yeah. they want to see what they have in tune, but any thoughts on that? Nope. It's just mainly Dobbs' pleasure. So. Yeah. Okay. So... Moving on to the next topic, this is probably the last big topic that we have before we go into just some smaller things to wrap out the episode. So, we will now talk about trades that happened before the deadline. So, the first one, I'll skim through the first three or so, and then we can go back and forth. But, Albert Ogubin-Wembalom, I butchered that name 100%. He has the weird, the weirdest last name in the NFL. So I just, on my notes, I called him Albert O. He was traded to the Eagles from the Broncos for a six-round pick. I remember last season in fantasy, I drafted this guy to be my backup tight end, and he fell off after week one. I don't know why, but He's a decent receiving tight end, so he's a decent weapon for the Eagles to have behind Dallas Goddard. So that happened. The next one. Actually, do you know much about this guy, Carlin, before I say it? Uh, or do you just want me to say it? You can just say it. The name sounds familiar. Okay. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, he was drafted in the first round. He was 7th or 8th overall pick a couple of years ago. He was drafted by the Cardinals. He was traded to the Giants for only a seventh-round pick. He's a linebacker, but he could also play defensive back, too. He's very versatile, but I just don't think the Cardinals ever figured out how to really use him. So they traded him for cheap, too. Very cheap. A seventh-round pick. Thank God the Steelers could have went for him. I think he still has great potential, and honestly, he's a steal for the Giants. So that happened. The Dolphins sent, this was the day we recorded this, the Dolphins sent 2020 first-rounder Noah Igbenohe, 
I butchered his name completely. There's so many weird last names in this section. But Noah I, I will call him. He's a cornerback for from the Dolphins. They sent him to Dallas for cornerback Kelvin Joseph. So it was a cornerback swap. I remember uh, Noah I being drafted by the Dolphins in 2020. I remember he I remember watching that happen. He was a late first rounder. It's like the 30th pick or something like that, 29th. But I just don't think he ever got a chance and with the Dolphins. He just never got a starting role for them. Now they have Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard. So he definitely needed a fresh start. Same thing for Dallas with Calvin Joseph. He needs this change of scenery. So that was just a switch here. So Carlin, I will let you. You can just go through the kickers that were traded. There were three yeah. kickers that we wrote down. There were three kickers. Uh, Will Lutz to the Broncos. Dustin Hopkins traded to the Browns. Nick Folk traded to the Titans. Will Lutz, um, he's from good old New Orleans. Uh, he wasn't too, too bad. Uh, Broncos need a kicker because of how many times uh, Wilson's going to get down the field and then not be able to move it at all. So he might be a good pickup depending on how the Broncos do in fantasy. I wouldn't hold out on it, but the Broncos honestly don't do too bad. If he's there, go get him. If you already have him, I wouldn't start him. <laughs> Give him a week or two to see what happens. Uh, Dustin Hopkins trade to the Browns. Obviously, we just talked about uh, their one kicker getting kicked. I forget his name already. Uh, Cade York. Uh, Cade York. They need a kicker. So it makes complete sense there. And then Nick Volk trade to the Titans. They need a kicker as well. So all, all the teams got ki- the kickers they needed. And then finally, last but not least... Two Steelers were traded before the trade deadline. Uh, for our Steeler fans out there, Kendrick Green and Kevin Dawson were traded for both late-round picks. Kendrick Green went to the Rams. Kevin Dawson went to the Texans. Or do I have that backwards? Uh, flip-flop that. Yes, I have that backwards. They both were late-round picks. Um, we'll see both of them later this year, actually, which will be interesting because we play the Texans and the Rams this year. So we'll go see them. Um, both aren't too bad. Obviously, we've upgraded over the season and could get trade value for them, so why not? Uh, they're late-round picks. I think one's like a fourth for next year, and then yeah, I think one of them was a fourth. Year. Yeah, for Dotson, and then we got like a six or something from Green. So, any thoughts? Yeah, I'll just briefly say my thoughts. I don't have many thoughts of Will Lutz. He was a very good kicker for the Saints, so... It actually kind of surprised me to see that Hopkins to the Browns. You covered that perfectly. Nick Folk, I will give one little praise to Nick Folk because he's been my fantasy football kicker with the Patriots, and he was a beast just in terms of getting points because the Patriots just love to kick field goals because they can't convert. So, Nick Folk, I will always remember you, but I probably won't draft you while you're with the Titans. But Kendrick Green, man, a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans are happy to see him gone. And it's crazy that we even got a pick from him. I mean, God, we could have just cut him, honestly. But I'm happy to see him gone. But he was a third-round pick for the Steelers. Let's remember that. He was a third-round pick. So that's crazy to see that experiment did not work. And then Kevin Dotson, he's been our starting left guard for a while. But like you said, Carlin, we upgraded. We got Isaac Salamalo. So Dotson was no longer needed. So... Good job by Omar Khan to get picks from them. And the last trade that we will mention, I know we're going out of order on our list here, but I want to talk about them right now. The finish off with the 49ers quarterbacks discussion. Trey Lance, the day after being told he would be the third string quarterback for the 49ers, he was traded to the Cowboys for a fourth round pick. So I ask you, what are your thoughts with Trey Lance? With the Cowboys, do you think Dak should be panicking right now? No, but he'll probably start at some point, honestly. You and wow. I are big believers that Dak can't carry the Cowboys to a Super Bowl, and honestly, it's being proven. Um, I mean, they got rid of their best center in the NFL with Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> if you don't remember, Zeke got absolutely crushed in the NFC uh, Divisional as being center, which I still don't understand that play to this day, but you know what? It's fine. Um, 
it's kind of funny how it was against both teams. But yeah, Trey Lance, he played one game last year against the Bears, and they got injured in the second. And then obviously Jimmy G comes in, Jimmy G goes down, and then they're like, crap, we don't have anyone else. So they're like, ah, Brock Purdy, America's Mr. Irrelevant, throw him in. And then he did, and he balled out, and he stayed. It's very crazy that they kept him and made him like uh, it made him the starter. Brock Purdy's very unproven, but so's Trey Lance. But then again, Brock Purdy's played more games than Trey Lance, and I think that's why they went with him. And they got pretty good value for Trey Lance. You would think they got a fourth round pick for him, a fourth round pick. That's it, nothing else. Which is insane that the Cowboys got him for so cheap. For him to go sit behind Dak, it's going to be very interesting. Um, will he eventually start? Yes, I believe so. Whether that's week 16 or 17 or whether that's halfway through the season around Thanksgiving time, it will all be up to determine. I'm sure Mike McCarthy's very happy. Uh, I saw something that everyone's like, why would they do this? And I'm like, Mike McCarthy saw a young 24-year-old kid compared to your quarterback who hasn't really done much for you guys playoff wise you he's only won a playoff game since being a dallas cowboy um so why not and like we said if Dak's not good no Dak did eventually get his contract i'm pretty sure that he needed not not yet i don't think he no, hasn't gone his because they were saying like oh yeah we're gonna get him another extension but i haven't heard that yet so and that if they didn't after this i don't expect them to so we'll see um like John said, Kyle Shanahan, I have no idea what you were thinking with half of this. If Trey Lance had to prove himself, then why? And you're already making playoff runs. Why would you draft him? But then again, you're also going with a guy who's only played one rookie season, lost one game to the Eagles because he got injured. You know, both are still like project quarterbacks. And like going with Brock Purdy is going to be very interesting. But then again, Jimmy G was great in the system, and Jimmy G is pretty yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Trey Lance, I hope you go winning the starting job in Dallas because I'm not a big fan of Dak. Dak, prove me wrong. Don't think you will, but those are my little thoughts about this whole situation. Yeah, so I'll just quickly say my thoughts because we're nearing the hour mark and we got a couple more things we want to talk about. But Dak, you said this at the start of your little discussion there. You and I both don't believe in Dak. After last playoff run, I don't think Dak is the guy that can get the Cowboys to a Super Bowl, even with an upgraded wide receiver core with Brandon Cooks. I still don't see it. But I don't think Trey Lance will get to start this season. But I think it's going to be very interesting down there because every bad game that Dak Prescott has, you're going to have fans chanting for Trey Lance to come in. So... I think there's going to be more pressure on Dak. I don't think he's going to express it. I don't even think the coaches will express it. But I think internally, Dak knows that there is pressure now because you have a young prospect of Trey Lance sitting right behind him. So though it's also not really even announced if Trey Lance is the main backup or if Cooper Rush is still the backup. But then again, Trey Lance would be dressed no matter what every game because now you can dress the third quarterback. So I think Dak... Might be a little more nervous, but it also might make him better in a way, knowing that there's somebody right behind him that could potentially take his job one day. So it's very interesting to see him go to the Cowboys. That was the last place I was expecting him to go. I was not expecting that one bit. That surprised the crap out of me. So very interesting development down there. I hope for the best with Trey Lance. I hope he can get a starting rule somewhere, whether it's being the Cowboys franchise guy or somewhere else, but I'm hoping for the best for him because he got screwed in San Francisco. That's the best way I could put it. But moving on, we have three other topics to do. They're not that long, but they're kind of fun to talk about. The first one, you and I both saw this on Twitter slash X on Adam Schefter's Twitter. The Giants named 10 captains for their team i will read off the captains just for all of your information they have daniel jones saquon barkley andrew thomas darren waller dexter lawrence leonard williams bobby okurke okurke i think that's how you say his name adory jackson xavier mckinney and graham gano so 
They have a lot of captains. The Steelers only have three captains that they do. So, what's your four. thoughts on the Giants? <laughs> or four? Steelers have, is it? Yeah, Steelers so four, two offense, two defense. Really? I uh, thought it was. No, no, no. I thought so, it was. Sorry. It's two offense, one defense, one special teams. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, anyways, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of captains. Don't know why. I mean, you don't need that many captains. I mean, they're all leaders, but why do you need that many captains? Who knows? Who knows? They have a great head coach, though. They have a good offensive mind head coach. That's really yeah. it. And there's not much to talk about. It's just a very weird thing to do. So, yeah. So, the next little thing that we got is little Steelers news here since. Coyland and I are both Steelers fans. So the Steelers, out of all of their cuts, they cut guys like Zach Gentry, who Jordan got his armband. So that's sad for him. But the Steelers decided to keep two punters. So what are your thoughts on the Steelers keeping two punters? I for love now? it. I love it. Um, I don't, I'm, so, I'm not a big fan of Harvin. Harvin hasn't looked good. Man's look better. So I think they're going to see who does better in which situation if Harvin doesn't do good because Harvin will be the starter then I'll bring man in and man doesn't do do good he'll probably get cut he'll probably put Harvin back in but we do need a good punter I don't think Harvin will be the franchise punter (laughs) but I don't know how man will do um it's very unproven the Steelers didn't really punt that much in preseason and if they did I wasn't paying attention Because let's be honest, we're watching the first couple of drives, and then we have it on. And then if we hear, oh, my gosh, did you see that catch? Then we'll look up. But, <laughs> yeah, caping two punters sounds crazy, and it is crazy, but I kind of like the move. So, yeah, I'll say my thoughts real quick. I don't expect this to last long. I could see one of them getting traded for, yeah. I mean, there are some teams that might need punters. So I think Brandon Mann most likely would be traded away but it would be interesting to see the Steelers keep two punters at least for the start of the season but then again Zach Gentry lost a roster spot because of this so there better be something worth it but by the ways we've seen Kendrick Green and Kevin Dodson get traded I feel like one of them will get traded for draft capital maybe a seventh round pick so that's my thoughts on it and then the last thing that we will discuss less of a preseason news but more of a Kind of thinking of the future. So, sleeper teams after preseason. So, I'll ask you first, Carlin. What sleeper teams do you think there will be after preseason has ended? Honestly, um, that's a great question. I even came up with this one, and I have nothing to prove. Um, Man. (laughs) I could say Atlanta. Atlanta could be a sleeper team. Like... You're giving me a weird face. I could see it through the camera. Listen, hear me out. With the NFC South, the NFC South is very interesting. I mean, Atlanta has a good running back, and the NFC South could be a dogfight. Same thing with Baker. So any of the NFC South teams could be a sleeper just to win it. Everyone's going to say the Panthers, which kind of makes the most sense. But, hey, it's football. You got seven, eight, 17 games, 17 games to play this year, so we'll see what happens. Uh I could say Steelers, and I truly do believe the Steelers are a sleeper team, but since we're Steelers fans, let's not say the Steelers. Um, Yeah, I, I really, really can't think of much off the top of the head. Packers, Packers. I was a big hater on the Packers. I really, really was. But they haven't looked bad now. There's Jordan Love. We all know the Bears aren't winning it. Everyone thinks that Minnesota is going to go back. I really don't think Minnesota is going to go back. I think Minnesota is going to have a harder schedule this year, and they're going to have to fight for a lot more games. But I do love Kirk Cousins after watching it uh, quarterback on Netflix. And then, yeah, that's really about it. Those are my two sleepers. I don't want to talk too, too much because coming up next week, little promotion, we have new mini series starting. Every single day for you guys, uh, we're going to go through our playoff predictions and our record predictions right before the NFL season kicks off on Thursday, September 7th. Is it the 7th? Yeah. The 7th. Uh, We'll have a daily series for you guys to listen to our picks and what we truly think is going to happen because John and I are currently working on our schedules right now. And 
sleeper teams are going to appear. So we'll let you know more in depth there. But, John, what are your sleeper teams? So the first one, I've probably hinted at it in previous ranking episodes, and that is the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, They're technically my second team now because Geno Smith's on it. He's WVU, so got to support him. But the Seahawks, man, they have a, they could have one of the best wide receiver cores. They have great running backs, better row line. Geno's good. Their defense, they've loaded up. They got a Dearness Johnson, no Jackson, Dearness Jackson, I believe, on the D line, and they've just improved in general. They got Bobby Wagner back too. They drafted Devin Witherspoon, a corner, as their first round pick to go with. Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant. So they have a great secondary on paper. They got Jamal Adams back, so they could be a sleeper team. And then the other sleeper team I got, and I'm only saying this because lately you and I have been playing Madden against each other. And right now you only have one win against me. Hey, 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 hey. I got that one win loud and proud because I shut you off on shut you off yeah on defense in the first half in the first half and then i barely was able to do anything until my final drive where i barely got a catch but yeah he he ran the ball with justin fields we'll say that but that's before i learned how to contain the quarterback in madden so anyway so why i say that is the last game we played he was the chiefs and i was the jaguars and playing as the jaguars i kind of really remembered how low-key good they are at least on paper i mean they have a pretty good o-line i know they will lose cam robinson for the start of the year due to suspension but trevor lawrence this could be his breakout season they have travis Etienne and tink bigsby as their running backs you have calvin ridley christian kirk and zay jones who just lit you up in madden but they have a great receiver core evan ingram they brought back brennan strange rookie tight end out of penn state gotta show him some love so they got him as well. So Loki, they have a very good defense too. So I like Jacksonville. Uh, I want to mention something about Jacksonville. I really don't think they're a sleeper team. I think everyone thinks they're going to be good. However, what I will say about Jacksonville, I think they're a sleeper team to win the whole AFC. That's that's why I mean. Okay, yeah, I didn't know yeah. if we were on the same page or not. I should I should elaborate on that. Real <laughs> I was quick gonna say you really me... think the Colts are winning the AFC South? Yeah, let me okay, let me elaborate why they're a sleeper. So. I didn't get to that. I was praising Jacksonville and praising how I beat you, Madden. But anyway, thanks. Jacksonville, sorry. Jacksonville is going to win their division. That's no question. But really, I just don't know if people are viewing them as a legit threat in the AFC right now because they're like, oh, they're going to win the division. Then who knows in the playoffs after that? I think they really should be considered as one of the top teams in the AFC, like up there with the Chiefs. Bengals, Bills, like they could easily be. Yes, definitely. Hopefully. But I think the Jacksonville Jaguars could easily be in that discussion, in my opinion. So especially if Trevor Lawrence is a big third year. That's why I view them as a sleeper, because I don't think they're being looked at as an elite team. I think people are just thinking they are good enough to win, win their division. So that's why they're a sleeper. But any other final thoughts from you regarding preseason? Anything? I think we also both agree that the Steelers are sleepers, but we're biased fans. Um, So we really can't come out and say that with taking it as any credibility. But, hey, if you're sleeping on the Steelers, just go look at how good they've got this offseason. Granted, they're in a very tough division. And the only other sleeper team I would have thought of saying is the Giants, but the Giants are in a very tough division as well. But, hey, never say never. Football's any given Sunday, they say. So be out. But yeah, uh preseason wise, no, it was a great preseason per usual. Um a couple other mentions of players who made teams. Tamar Hamlin made the Bills, so shout out to him. As well as I saw a thing as the punter for the Saints was an undrafted player who's thirty years old and was from Australia and has a tattoo shop and decided to go play football. That. So shout out yeah. to that man. Um, and shout out to all the players who made the rosters. And if you're currently on free agency, hey, remember anything can happen. Continue doing those workouts. Find a way. Anything can happen. But yeah, those are my final thoughts so far for the preseason. Yeah, I like it, it. 
Yeah, that is a great way to end it. So I'm just going to end it right there. So thank you all for listening to us. This was a long one. This was an hour long. But essentially, every Wednesday when we drop, essentially, we're going to have a big episode every Wednesday. So we're going to try and bring everybody in when we record on Tuesday. That's Jordan and Dan as well. We're going to try every Tuesday to bring them in for an episode on Wednesday. So every Wednesday is going to be our big episode, especially when NFL starts. We'll have a big weekly recap episode that will drop every Wednesday. So stay tuned for all of those. Our next episodes that will drop, we have a college football-related episode dropping. We will preview the first week. Carlin has a music episode with a special guest dropping soon, so stay tuned for that as well. But aside from that, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, slash X, our TikTok to be caught up on everything when we drop new episodes, if we change anything in the schedule. I've been saying it. I know. We will be starting TikToks in real soon. We Maybe in the next episode, we will start testing that. So stay tuned for that, too. But make sure to follow those. You can find all of those links in, our, in all of our other podcast links in the link in bio. If you are an Apple Podcast or Overcast and you can't click the link in bio, go to the podcast website and click the link in bio there. But other than that, with Carlin Jacob, I'm John Dodaro. Have a great day, everyone, and see you next time on Inside the Dome.